Sweet Perks, fresh from Florida. There's sunshine in every bite. And thanks for listening tonight. As always, my name is Sandman, and I'm your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call para-reality. Well, this is it. The season 15 finale. Doesn't really seem like I've been doing this for 15 years. True, there's been a few breaks here and there, and some of the seasons were only a handful of episodes, but if you put them all together, it's been 15 years of parareality. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of topics covered. And over the years, I've progressed the content of this podcast from only covering paranormal topics like ghosts and haunted locations to expand it to UFOs, cryptids, and more recently... Conspiracy theories, 15 years, and I've only covered a small portion of what's out there. There's so much more to talk about. But regardless, I'm looking forward to taking the rest of the year off to relax and recharge and spend some time with Mrs. Sandman. It's usually about this time of year when I begin to get tired and my effort into the podcast just isn't there anymore. That, combined with the holidays, makes it difficult to produce good quality content for the podcast. You know, most podcasters, uh, they do one of two things. The first thing that they do is they get into podcasting and they're like, oh, this is so cool, I really, really like it. And they sink a lot of money into it and they start putting a lot of time into it and they just crank out, they churn out episode after episode after episode. Some of them, you know, weekly, some of them a couple of times a week. Some of the episodes are like multiple hours and they just, it's fun and you, it's, it's a, it's a creative process. And that's one of the things that I love about it is, is the creativity that you can put into it. But people just seem to, um, they, they just hammer at it so hard and they go so hard for so long some of them only last a few months some of them last a couple of years and then eventually you burn out if you do it like that and that's what happens they they start this podcast they sink some money into it 
and then they just churn them out, man, and, and, and they burn out bright, and they burn out quick. The other thing that they, that they do, which is this has just become popular over the last handful of years, is uh, people will start, have started doing um, seasons, like episodic television shows where they have seasons, you know, and you may have two seasons per year. And that's what a lot of people have started doing. So they'll do seasons where they have three or four months worth of podcasting. Then they'll take a few weeks or so off. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they'll do another season, take another little bit of time off. And that really helps to uh, keep you from burning out. It recharges your batteries. You know, everybody needs a break. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, dang. So traditionally what I have done was I have always, well, not always, but most of the time in this podcast I have done every other week or twice a week, the first and third Friday of the month. And sometimes there's, you know, instead of there being um, four Fridays of the month, there's there's five, depending on how, how it goes. So I can get a couple of weeks off every once in a while, you know. Um, but still, when you do a, a podcast that's biweekly, uh, you still have to put, a, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort and everything into it. And traditionally, I have always done my season has been a calendar year from January to December. And then in January, I start all over again. Well, that's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of time to put into it. And I started kind of taking uh, cues from what other fellow podcasters are doing and doing, you know, seasons. So my season actually lasts longer than most people. I go from January to November. And the third week of the third Friday of November that's it for my season. Then I take the rest of the the year off. That's still a lot of content. It's a lot of episodes to produce. And when you start getting into the middle of November all the way through the rest of the year, it's really hard to devote a lot of time to the podcast anyway because of the holidays, because you're you're busy planning family events, uh, you know, going holiday shopping, doing all these fun holiday things, and it's hard to produce quality content. And especially when a season is as long as mine, I'm start you know, you start to get a little tired. And so I really want to produce quality content for the podcast. So when you start getting tired and burned out, the quality goes down. And I know it's happened to me more than once, you know. So I'm really looking forward to this break that I'm about to have. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a long break, but you know what? It's not unusual. And I'll be back in January, and we'll start season 16. And uh, I can't wait to start season 16 and see what we have in store or what I have in store for you. Anyway, that's enough about that. So for the season 15 finale, I've decided to stick to my roots, kind of like what I did last episode, and do another ghost-themed episode. But you know me, I can't do it without putting my stamp on it. So that's why I'm going to do another one of my famous top 10 lists. And last week, I gave you a list of my top 10 least known haunted locations from around the world. And tonight, I'm going to keep it local 
and give you the top 10 most haunted locations in the Great Smoky Mountains right here in my adopted state of Tennessee. To learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. And now it's time for one of my favorite times, one of my favorite parts of the podcast, fan mail. And this comes from Lenore. This is actually off of Facebook. So Lenore is uh, posting a response to an article that I posted on the uh, Parareality Facebook page. And uh, it was an article about Project Bluebeam that was written by the, uh, the great, I love this guy, Nick Redfern. I've had him on the podcast before. He's a great interview uh, love Nick Redfern. If you if you like Nick Redfern, you need to go back into the archives section uh, at uh, parareality.com and um, check out the uh, Nick Redfern interview. I can't remember what season it's from right off the top of my head, but uh, yes, it's, it's a great interview. Love Nick Redfern. Anyway, he you know he writes a lot of articles, and he wrote an article about Project Bluebeam, and I reposted it on the Facebook page for Parareality. And uh, Lenore made the comment, if I got to read another comment from a large mustached boomer wearing a trucker hat about Project Blue Beam, I will lose my GD mind. Now, thanks, Lenore, for that. What is Project Blue Beam? She is uh, referring to um, that article about that I posted from Nick Redfern. If you don't know what Project Blue Beam is, let me tell you. Project Blue Beam is a conspiracy theory about a supposed project whose purpose is to create an artificial second coming of Christ. And this is all in order to control the population. It's population control. It's not population control as, as far as how many people we have. It's population control as far as they want to control the masses. They want to control the people. Now, so the theory goes like this. It's, it's a New World Order conspiracy theory. So the New World Order's purpose is to Number one, abolish all Christian and traditional religions in order to replace them with a one-world religion based upon the cult of man. Number two, to abolish all national identities and national pride in order to establish a world identity and a world pride. And number three, to abolish the family as we know it today in order to replace them with individuals all working for the glory of the new one-world government. So... This Project Blue Beam is a Christian conspiracy theory. In other words, this, in other words, they're trying to do things that makes it look like there is a second coming of Christ, whether that's projecting Christ-like images in the sky or trying to create false miracles or whatever. Um, the quote, I'm using my air quotes, the quote, New World Order they know that Christianity, there, there's a lot of Christianity. It's not as popular as what it once was, though, right? But there's still, there, there are millions and millions of Christians. So they know that if they can artificially create a second coming and make it look like Jesus is coming back, that they'll be able to more easily control the Christians. And they also know that non-Christians are out there but they may convert over to Christianity 
if there is a second coming of Jesus Christ. And the whole thing is to produce this false second coming so they can control humanity. And that's really basically it in a, a, a nutshell. There's so, it goes, of course, so much more deeper than that, and I don't have time to explain it here on this podcast. But I am thinking about doing that in Season 16 where we're going to discuss Project Blue Beam. And it is a very, very interesting topic. So uh, thanks, Lenore, for posting on the uh, Facebook group page. I really appreciate it. I always welcome any and all comments, uh, good, bad, in between. You got a question you want to ask me, love to hear from you. You can always email me, sandman at parareality.com. That's the email address, sandman at parareality.com. Or you can go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's the official Parareality Facebook page. So once again, thanks, Lenore, for that comment on Project Blue Beam. Now that I've answered that question or discussed that topic, let me have you take a listen to this. Era Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Parareality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Well, with winter coming just around the corner, most people aren't thinking about taking a vacation. However, with COVID-19 ravaging the world for the last two years, most of us, the smart ones anyway, have pretty much remained isolated in our homes, only venturing out to go to work and the grocery store and stuff like that, and of course, wearing a mask and gotten vaccinated. But if you're like me, You're more than a little stir-crazy at this point, and you're probably itching to get out of your house and go somewhere, like anywhere. (laughs) Well, one of my favorite places in the world to go is the Great Smoky Mountains. It's about three hours from me. It's quiet and peaceful up there. 
It's beautiful and relaxing too. So if you live in the United States and you're looking for a place to go, I highly recommend staying in the Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge areas. And if you're going to go, why not visit a few haunted places while you're there? Because if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're into that kind of stuff. And besides, it's a great way to see some things that aren't on the regular quote-unquote tourist list, right? Now, thanks to the rich tradition of storytelling from the Irish and Scottish immigrants that settled the Smoky Mountains, there are plenty of spooky stories to go around. Usually, old folklore traditions are at the root of Smoky Mountain ghost stories. For example, Appalachian folk people believe that the oldest tree in a mountain hollow was haunted and the crack and pop of a fire was the devil snapping his fingers signaling a bad omen. While the pioneers of the Smokies have long since passed on, their legacy, and perhaps their spirits, can still be found in the nooks and crannies of the rolling hills of the Smokies. There are plenty of haunted places in the Smokies that'll send shivers down your spine, but this list of ghost stories and haunted places in the Smoky Mountains are some of the most spine-tingling, spookiest spots in East Tennessee to visit on your fall Pigeon Forge Cabin Vacation. And no, this was not a commercial for Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I'm not getting paid for any of that. Now, this is in no particular order. I'm not placing this, uh, you know, one more haunted or better than the other. This is just a top ten list, so no particular order. All right, number one, the Greenbrier Restaurant. Now, this is one of the most favorite haunted places in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which hosts one of the most famous ghosts in the Smoky Mountains. Shortly after opening as a lodge in 1939, a young woman named Lydia, who lived at the lodge, was jilted by her fiancé at the altar of a Gatlinburg church. Now, of course, needless to say, she was devastated, and she rushed back to the Greenbrier Lodge, threw a rope over a rafter, and hung herself still wearing her wedding dress. While Lydia's tragic death is enough to make Greenbrier one of the most haunted places in the Smokies, her false-hearted fiancé's body was found days later mangled by what appeared to be some sort of mountain cat. Since the animal had long since disappeared from the area, many guessed that Lydia's spirit had returned and exacted her revenge on her former fiancé. Now, diners are said to see a sad figure on the staircase which rests where Lydia hung herself, a strange young woman, or simply feel a sad presence there. So stop in the Greenberg restaurant for some filet mignon and perhaps another dinner guest at your table at the Greenbrier restaurant. Number two, the Devil's Courthouse. This is located at Whiteside Mountain, in nearby North Carolina. The Devil's Courthouse, like several other haunted places in the Smoky Mountains, makes for a great day trip for guests staying in the Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge area. And it's about two hours from the Devil's Courthouse, which is one of the oldest haunted places in the Smokies. 
early settlers in the Smokies named this barren, craggy rock face the Devil's Courthouse for its sinister appearance, which led them to create a tale that the devil himself held court in the cave underneath the diabolical-looking cliff. Perhaps the pioneer's legend was adapted from the early Cherokee tale of Jacula, a slant-eyed giant with a voice like thunder and arrows made of lightning, who made his home in the same cave, dancing and carrying out his own judgments. <clears throat> You'll have to excuse my raspy-sounding voice and constant clearing of my throat. Uh, with the uh, weather here in Tennessee being freaking blistering hot in the mornings and 32 degrees at night, it's got my sinuses all acting up, so I apologize. I have to mute the old mic every once in a while to clear my throat. Where was I? Number three, Lucy at Roaring Fork. Those looking for haunted places in Gatlinburg or the Smokies really only need to drive down to Roaring Fork Motor Trail. The Sink Road is known for its waterfalls, but you may just meet a local spirit. If you encounter a beautiful young woman looking for a ride on the Roaring Fork Trail, you may have just met one of Gatlinburg's most famous ghosts. Legend has it, that a woman named Lucy died in a cabin fire around 1909. About a year later, a man named Foster, who was in the market for a wife, spotted a beautiful woman in the woods and shared his horse with her. I found it odd that Lucy was barefoot on a cold winter's night, but enraptured by her beauty, he fell pretty much instantly in love with her. And when he went to seek her parents' approval, they informed him that she had tragically passed not long ago. And supposedly, Lucy is still out there on the Roaring Fork Motor Trail, looking for rides along the highway and can be seen in the woods near where her cabin burned to the ground. I've never been to Roaring Fork Motor Trail. I've been to the Greenbrier Restaurants, beautiful place. Didn't have a, a paranormal encounter there. Haven't gotten out to the Devil's Courthouse yet, and I haven't been to Roaring Fork. I was going to go a, a couple of years ago, but just didn't get. I was there. I was in Gatlinburg. Just didn't get the opportunity to go down Roaring Fork Trail. Everything that I've read about it, though, I keep trying to find out when is the best time to go down Roaring Fork Motor Trail, you know, to encounter Lucy, but don't really have anything nailed down. So, you know, just have to go at night, right? Number four, Huggins Hell in the Smoky Mountains. Like other places in East Tennessee, Huggins Hell gets its sinister name from its unforgiving landscape. This area is located on the steep south slope of Mount Lecanti and isn't accessible by any maintained trails. However, that doesn't stop the likes of like ex-Marines and backcountry enthusiasts from making the trip to Huggins Hell to experience this challenging wilderness. By glancing at a trail map of the Smokies, you may notice that there are several places with names that conjure up imagery of the devil and hell. And these places earn their names from early settlers who decided that the, only the devil himself would inhabit such a rugged and desperate landscape. Whether or not the devil makes Huggins Hell his stomping ground, there's no doubting that these remote, inaccessible regions of the park give visitors a spooky, uneasy feeling. Now, hikers who brave this rock face can expect about a four-hour steep climb near Mount Lecant that 
poses really is a true danger. Not only would a fall from the steep cliffs of one of the most dangerous haunted places in the Smokies maim or possibly even kill you, but since authorized trail books don't even list the trail, if you take it and get injured, no one would find you for quite a long time, if ever, and that is frightening enough as it is, so just let that sink in. So over the years, dozens of hikers have gone into the backcountry or off-trail areas of the National Park, never to be seen again. The Smoky Mountains, for all their beauty, are still wild and are one of the few places left in the eastern United States where someone can seemingly disappear without a trace. When hikers stay on a trail, this is practically never an issue, but for people who seek the most rugged parts of the mountains, this is an ever-present risk. So what is the uh, story about Huggins Hell? Like, what? what's the haunting? Well, there's really no true haunting in Huggins Hell. It's just the name of an area that is so remote that many people who go there go missing. Now, is that paranormal related? Probably not, but it could be. You don't know. Place isn't really mapped all that well. So, it is a dangerous place to go into, and lots of people who venture, or at least try to venture, to Huggins Hell are never seen or heard from again. And no, I've never been and have no intention of going. I like my life, or at least I like being alive. Maybe I should say it that way. Number nine, a ghostly guiding light at Nolan Creek Trail. So Nolan Creek Trail makes this list of haunted places in East Tennessee for several reasons. First, the trail itself boasts tons of cemeteries and old homesteads. There's a lot of them there. The Lake Fontana area contains several settler communities, and their presence can still be seen in the gravestones marking the trail. It's also a haunt of Spearfinger, who I'm going to get to a little bit later. Um, There also exists a legend of a settler who died searching the hills for his lost daughter. Now, maybe to make up for not locating his beloved daughter, a light is said to guide lost hikers to safety on the trail. And that's the haunted ghostly guiding light at Nolan Creek Trail. And I haven't been to Nolan Creek Trail either. As a matter of fact, there's a few of these that I've been to and, uh, Most of them I haven't, unfortunately. Why? I just haven't. (laughs) No really good reason. All right, so that was my time. That was number five, right? Okay, so we're on number six here, Elkmont Resort. One of the eeriest haunted places in the Smokies just might be Elkmont. It was once a thriving resort at the beginning of the 20th century formed by wealthy hunters who founded the Appalachian Club. Elkmont now stands completely abandoned. The wealthy resort-goers' pleasure cabins stand empty. The roads are deserted, and the place is virtually falling apart. Up until the past decade, the ruins of the Wonderland Hotel stood as a testament to the fledgling resort community that once thrived in the woods. Hosting a watch party for the big game can be a blast. But between all the shopping, serving, and cleanup, you need your A-game to get everything done and still enjoy it. Introducing the Bartesian, the sleek countertop device that freshly mixes cocktails at the touch of a button. 
of it as your all-around MVP that can QB the bar and make every cocktail a winner. With Bartesian, there's no stocking the bar ahead of time or missing a big play to mix drinks. And with over 50 different cocktails to choose from, all made with real juices, extracts, and bitters, your guests get their favorite cocktail at their preferred strength. Regardless of who wins, you'll still have the Bartesian on your home roster, making you the biggest winner of all. Bartesian. Order yours today and receive free shipping. Visit bartesian.com slash cocktail to shop now. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash cocktail. Sunshine came softly through my window today. Florida truly is the sunshine state, and it shows in everything we grow. When you shop, choose fresh from Florida. Cause I made my mind up, you're going to be mine. I tell you right now. Fresh from Florida, there's sunshine in every bite. Now all that's left are empty homes and eerie ruins that are slowly returning to nature. Additionally, Elkmont was once an active logging camp in the early 20th century. Before the formation of the park, dozens of workers were maimed or killed in horrific logging accidents and train wrecks in this rugged part of the mountains. These gruesome incidents involved things like boilers exploding and derailed trains with tons of falling logs. Uh, Some uh, poor souls must undoubtedly have met horrible, ghastly ends to their life there. And to this day, some visitors to the area even report uh, an uneasy feeling as they walk past historic homes in Elkmont or the lingering feeling that they're being watched. Vacationers looking for haunted places in East Tennessee that are uniquely creepy will want to stop by this spot. Now, if you want to see some creepy Elkmont stuff, just do a Google search for uh, Elkmont Resort video, and you can see some really good videos that people have taken and posted up on YouTube about their adventures to Elkmont. And that is, uh, I haven't been, I don't want to go by myself, and I haven't been able to talk anyone into going with me yet, but uh, I want to get some urban exploring going on in Elkmont. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go with me to Elkmont Resort in the Great Smoky Mountains, email me, sandman at parareality.com, and we'll put together an urban exploration team, and we'll go to Elkmont. Okay, so remember on number five when I was talking about the ghostly guiding light at Nolan Creek Trail, and I said that it was also a haunt of something called Spearfinger, and that I would get to Spearfinger in a minute? Well, here is Spearfinger, number seven. Said to roam the Nolan Creek Trail on Whiteside Mountain, Spearfinger may be one of the creepiest Cherokee folklore traditions. You might want to stay clear of these haunted places in the Smoky Mountains because Spearfinger is one frightening spirit to encounter. Said to have a long blade of obsidian as her right forefinger, Spearfinger lurks in the shadows, her mouth stained with blood from the livers of small children she managed to lure away from their parents. She walks around clenching her right hand tightly as to protect her one weak spot, her heart, hidden in her right palm. Imagine that. The Cherokee 
were distrustful of anyone who wandered away from the village for too long because Spearfinger possessed the ability to shapeshift. As a result, this fearful presence could take the form of a seemingly harmless squirrel or a faint shadow in the forest. Spearfinger appears throughout the Cherokee stories and is said to make your home in the highest ridges of the Smokies. It's not surprising that the Cherokee told stories of shapeshifters who walked the mountains. If you go on a hike in a quiet part of the park, it's easy to become spooked by sudden sound by some unseen animal. Some hikers even report the feeling that they are being watched as they make their way through the, through the trails, through the forests. Maybe it's just a squirrel moving through the leaves, or maybe it's Spearfinger on her way to claim her next victim. Now, if you're a fan of mountain monsters on the Travel Channel, and I am, I'm not ashamed to admit it, I'd love to watch that show because it is freaking awesome and it is funny as hell. They had a couple of years ago, um, their whole season was where they were chasing down um, different legends and lore to try to solve one big overall mystery and all of these different little legends had to do with it. And one of the things that they were chasing was Spearfinger. And it's not quite like, now they they are in uh, West Virginia up in the Appalachians and in that area. Um, but uh, anyway, they had an episode where they were chasing Spearfinger. And um, I think it was loosely based on this legend. Um, I think, I was hoping that they would uh, encompass more of the the true Spearfinger uh, legend into that episode, but they they really they really didn't. Um, but I and and I don't I can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this Spearfinger is where they got their Spearfinger from. But the similarities are there because it's in the Appalachians, it's Native American, it's the same name Spearfinger. It's just too much of a coincidence. So Spearfinger has inspired at least one TV episode from somebody out there. Number eight, and this is a place that I have actually been to, the Haunted Cades Cove. It's probably the most well-known location on this list of haunted places in the Smoky Mountains. It's got abandoned cabins, churches, and cemeteries, and it makes for a really eerie scene, especially if you're there at dusk. It's no wonder that several visitors hold this site to be a haunt for Smoky Mountain ghosts. Over the years, Cage Cove has seen its fair share of murder and tragedy, like the gravestone of Gregory Russell, and it reads, Killed by North Carolina Rebels. While there are a few specific ghost stories in Cage Cove, there's plenty of spooky activity. Several pictures on the internet that you can find show orbs in the graveyards and in cabins and other buildings at this historical site. And one particular uh, photo seems to capture a woman's face coming out of the wall of one of the old churches. And if you'd like to see some ghostly activities in Cave's Cove, simply stick around for dusk when the crowds die down. There's no telling what kinds of encounters you could have in this historic community. Now, having been to Cave's Cove, I did not experience anything paranormal while I was there. Uh, admittedly, I was not there at dusk. I could not talk. I was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and I could not talk her into staying until dusk because she did not want to do that. So we were there during the uh, afternoon. 
It is a cool place to go. Takes a while to go through, but it is beautiful, and um, you definitely get a different vibe when you're at Cage Cove. I don't know if it's just because um, it's the history of the place or if it's because there are really ghosts there, if they're watching you. Um, it, but you just you just get a different vibe. I'm not saying it's a heavy feeling, but the the whole entire vibe at Cage Cove is definitely different. Moving along to number nine, we go to the Wheatlands Plantation, one of the most historical haunted places in the Smoky Mountains. This Sevierville plantation has seen fighting on both the, in both the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. Wheatland's plantation saw carnage from the Battle of Boyd's Creek, where Cherokee, supported by the British, fought John Sevier and other East Tennessee revolutionaries. The 28 Cherokee who died at this battle rest in a mass grave on the Wheatland's plantation property. The house itself has seen 70, yes, that's 70, 70 murders and deaths, giving it the most deaths of any of the haunted places in East Tennessee on this list, easily. Additionally, a nearby cemetery contains the grave of 69 African slaves and two Revolutionary War heroes. Perhaps the most famous of the deaths that occurred at Wheatless Plantation is still visible today. A blood stain on the living room floor of the house stands as an eerie reminder of a father slain by his son centuries ago. Now, needless to say, an old plantation house with this much bloodshed and tragedy is bound to have some specters roaming through its halls. And that leaves us to number 10 on my list, the White Oak Flats Cemetery. The Smoky Mountains has several spooky cemeteries that vacationers eager for a scare can add to their list of haunted places in the Smokies to visit. There are several cemeteries along hiking trails like the aforementioned Nolan Creek Trail or Little Greenbrier and, of course, the aforementioned Cage Cove. Now, as you can imagine, visitors have reported strange sightings of figures near grave sites. But perhaps the most active place for ghostly activity is White Oak Flats Cemetery in Gatlinburg. White Oak Flats Cemetery is a bit of a hidden gem of haunted places in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. A short walk from Gatlinburg's The Village, you'll find one of the oldest cemeteries in the area. It was established in 1830, and this cemetery boasts the graves of several of Gatlinburg's early settlers, as well as several unmarked graves. Who knows what kind of spirits might lurk in this cemetery close to the forest. I have been here. This is one of the few places on this list that I have been. I guess number four out of the ten, so I'm almost halfway there through everything. And um, it's virtually in the middle of town, man. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on around it, and then there's this friggin' old cemetery right there. And once again, unfortunately, I did not experience anything paranormal while I was there. I did get to go there at night, which is when you want to go to one of these places, right? But I did not experience anything paranormal but it is creepy i will give it that even though it's in the heart basically of gatlinburg it is a creepy cemetery and if you're ever in the area 
I definitely recommend it. It costs nothing to go to it. So if you're ever in the area, I definitely recommend going to White Oak Flats Cemetery because you, you, you just might catch something. Even though, unfortunately, I didn't, you may. For your next cabin vacation in the Smokies, be sure to explore some of these spooky places in the mountains. There are all sorts of mysterious phenomena like the strange lights that hikers sometimes report seeing on the mountainside, much like the brown mountain lights in nearby North Carolina. Inside this 800-square-mile national park, the landscape's littered with abandoned homes and grave sites from former residents of the Smokies. In these quiet places that were once filled with life, it's not uncommon to get an eerie feeling while hiking in the mountains. Take some time to explore abandoned communities inside the national park, like Elkmont, Sugarlands, Tremont, and Caves Cove. And you might even run into some mysterious spectral presence from days long past. Of course, if you'd rather not run into a wandering spirit, you could always just spin some of your own ghost stories while you sit around the fireplace in your cabin. And that about does it for the season 15 finale of Parareality. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. But before I close it out, I want you to listen to one more thing. You do not being scared. Does the feeling of your throat tightening in fear leave you unable to scream excitement? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life. things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to save whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. The key to successful Valentine's Day gift giving is to show your Valentine that you truly get them. You need something personal, as personal as their favorite cocktail, which is why the Bartesian cocktail maker is the perfect Valentine's Day gift. The Bartesian is a sleek countertop device that makes over 50 bar quality cocktails at the touch of a button, including your Valentine's favorites. If they love margaritas, Bartesian can make over 10 kinds. If they like whiskey, they can choose an old fashioned one night and a sidecar the next. Plus your Valentine can choose their desired strength from mocktail to strong. And not only does it make your Valentine's favorite cocktails, but it makes yours too. 
Skip the overpriced dinners and impersonal gifts. Instead, treat your Valentine and yourself to a present you'll both enjoy long past February 14th. Bartesian. Order yours today and receive free shipping. Visit bartesian.com slash cocktail to shop now. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash cocktail. Do you have trouble remembering that one thing you went to the grocery store to buy? Here's a tip. Forget about it. Just pick up fresh Florida strawberries. They're delicious, in season, and available now. Here's another tip. Go to freshfromflorida.com and use local Florida strawberries for wonderful recipes like strawberry arugula salad or strawberry fritters. And while you're there, join the Fresh From Florida Club for free perks. Fresh From Florida. There's sunshine in every bite. Well, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else on the, pod, about the podcast, blah, 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 blah. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me because there are a few different ways that you can do it, and here they are. The best way and the easiest and quickest is to email me. That email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's the address for the official Parareality Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can post a message on my wall or slide into my DMs right there. Just send me a DM on Facebook. And if you have Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me there too. My username on both of those accounts is the same, at para real radio that's at para real radio on both instagram and twitter and finally you can always call the podcast here in the secret bunker at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message here on the studio line that's 615-692-1170 now there's about a three minute limit on the voice message so if you get cut off just call back and pick up where you left off but I want you to remember this if you do decide to leave me a message you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show so if you don't want that to happen you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message I'm always looking for interesting stories with the podcast so if you've got a story you'd like to get on the show or if you just got a comment that you want to say or something Anything, hey, I love the podcast, hey, you suck, hey, I've got an idea for a show, or I had this experience that happened to me and I want to tell you about it, whatever, call me up, leave me a message on the voicemail, 615-692-1170. And like I said, if you get cut off, there's like a three-minute limit. If you run out of time, call back, pick up where you left off. So those are all the different ways you can contact me. Sandman at parareality.com. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's the official home on Facebook for the Parareality Podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Radio. That's at Radio. Or finally, call the secret bunker, 619-692-1170. Now, don't forget to visit my website, parareality.com. is a place where you can keep up with all of the latest paranormal news from all over the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. It's under the Paranews tab 
on the website. That's parareality.com. Check out the Para News tab. And while you're there, you can also shop in the Parareality store, buy some swag from the show. You can watch some of the terrible videos that I made for the for the podcast over the years. And you can even, which is my, my most favorite, is that you can listen to the podcast archives from there. Um, I've got um, just a bunch of audio um, that I've made from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, um, along with my other podcasts, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all that content for free in the archive section of the website. That's parareality.com. Go to the archive section. I'm never going to charge you anything to listen to shows from the past. They're all for free on the archive section at parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. <clears throat> Ooh. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. If you've got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you've got any of the podcast skills activated on your device, just say, play the Parareality podcast. And I've also got a YouTube account, and you can listen to the podcast there too. A lot of people listen to the podcast off of YouTube, believe it or not. I upload the audio from every podcast right directly to my YouTube account, so you can listen to the audio of the show there if you want, or you can watch some of the uh, videos that I got posted on there. I've got uh, some great videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries. I got some chemtrail videos. Uh, I've got um, some of those terrible show videos that I was talking about several, several years ago. I tried to do a one-man web television show, and... um, it was horrible. Um, I never even finished the season. It was so bad. It was really bad. But I posted up there for your viewing pleasure, right? It's it's just it's terrible. I know it is. Feel free to make fun of it. It's fine. I don't care. I know it's bad. <laughs> so to find the channel, just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. That's the number one. It's all one word, Parareality1. That's youtube.com slash user slash Parareality1. So, season 16 starts in January. What do I have in store for you guys for season 16? Well, number one, I'm hoping that the pandemic is going to be wound down enough that I can bring Eric back into the studio. Now, I know that he and I could... Um, do the co-hosting where I just call him up and he talked to me on his phone and everything. You know, I, I, I just don't want to do that. Um, I rather enjoy, and we've talked about it and he feels the same way that I do. We enjoy the face to face, bringing him into the studio here in the secret bunker. So, um, it's just one of those things where, you know, he's he's vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, but we're we're just trying to be safe and we're we're waiting for this pandemic to kind of hopefully eventually wind down. So my plan is, and if you've listened to this podcast for any I think the time over the last couple of years at least, you'll know that Eric from World We Live In podcast, he comes on and co-hosts with me on occasion. 
And we just haven't been able to do it thanks to the pandemic. Not anything regular anyway. So I'm hoping that for season 16, I'll be able to get Eric back into the secret bunker here and we'll be able to do some more co-hosting together here on Parareality because I would really like to get him back onto the show. So for everyone that's been wondering, where in the hell is Eric? He's disappeared again. It's because of this stupid pandemic, man. So I'm going to get Eric back, I hope, and, you know, trying to let this pandemic thing wind down. So that's number one, really, on my list. Number two is I'm really hoping to do more interviews this year. Uh, The last couple of years, I haven't really done a lot of interviews Uh, I've had my fair share, but I haven't done as many as what I want. So I want to get back to doing more interviews. So I'm going to try to get some guests lined up and and get some interviews on the, uh, the podcast. And speaking of interviews, um, you know, um, I've got a little project that I'm working on where I've got a secret uh, field reporter that is investigating some phenomenon for me, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I probably shouldn't have said anything, but yeah, I've got I've I've got somebody that's working on a project for me that we've kind of uh, outlined where he's going to investigate uh, a paranormal phenomena for me. And then I'm going to get him on the podcast, and he's going to tell us all about his investigation. And he's never done anything like this before. He's not a paranormal person. He's not an investigator or anything. But he is someone who listens to the podcast and likes the podcast. And uh, he and I have talked, and we're going to, as a matter of fact, he's been on the podcast as a guest. And you can probably figure this out without me having to say anything else. But um, I've got this guy, and he is going to be doing his own investigation. And then sometime uh, during the spring, I hope, or at least the summer, I'm going to interview him after his investigation concludes, and he's going to tell us all about this investigation. So uh, I I think it's pretty cool. So I got that coming down the pipe as well. And, of course, I'm going to continue with some of my usual quality content. We're going to be talking about some things that – Probably, um, I've, well, I know I've never talked about before, such as uh, Project Bluebeam. I want to get uh, some stuff talking about Project Bluebeam. And there's a few other things that I want to get talking about. You know, lately I've been into doing conspiracy theories and want to continue with that theme. And uh, probably going to go back and scroll through the archives of the last 14, 15 seasons and find some old topics that were really popular and uh, kind of do a refresh on those, bring them back up to speed for the, I don't know, just, just to make sure that I uh, haven't found out any new information. Kind of, you know, dust them off, dust off some of those old popular topics and just revisit them and, and talk about them again and give some updates. So I got a few things in store. But uh, first of all, I'm going to take a much-needed break, and I, I'm really looking forward to the holidays and really looking forward to taking taking my break. Well, everybody, that's going to do it for season 15 of Parareality. Not going to be back 
until January the 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. That's January the 7th for the season 16 premiere of Parareality. January 7th, 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. And I'm going to also, on that day, I'm going to be making a major announcement about the podcast and uh, another project that I have been working on quietly, secretly, behind the scenes, something that has great potential. And uh, I haven't said anything about it because um, I just uh, haven't gotten permission to, but now I've gotten permission that I can talk about this project. And I'm just going to wait until the season 16 premiere. So I got a major announcement, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. So be sure you turn on, tune in, and find out for the season 16 premiere of Parareality on Friday, January the 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Everybody, I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a great holiday season, wonderful time on Thanksgiving. I hope you get everything you wanted for Christmas. Stay safe. Be careful. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. For God's sake, wear a mask in public and help defeat this deadly COVID-19 virus. Do your part to help us end this pandemic. Everyone have a great holiday season. I will see you again on Friday, January 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. truly is the sunshine state and it shows in everything we grow when you shop choose fresh from florida because i made my mind up you're going to be mine i tell you right now fresh from florida there's sunshine in every bite